Hi, I'm Carlo De Marquez, a guy with a scarf. I've been for 35 years in the sport technology and media industry, and also recently in the entertainment. And I've seen, you know, the evolution. I started doing streaming in 2007, 2008, lucky enough to be working with NBC Olympics for the 2008 games in Beijing and seeing the birth of what we call video today. So it was Move Networks and then Silverlight Microsoft and everybody understood that the new video with the Dafty bit rates that would allow experiences that were not possible on digital video before. And that was a really breakthrough for everybody and streaming started from there. And immediately we realized that we can do a lot with this kind of video, for, especially in sports, because sports has a lot of context, has a lot of data. So um, immediately everybody was focusing on the video part. So we need to stream video. Then as video became okay, kind of, uh, you know, working, we started saying, okay, but how do people discover and consume the video that we are showing, that we are streaming? So the concept of a CMS became, import became important, how you discover the UX part, the user experience became important. But then people started to say, okay, but then we, we need to monetize. And monetizing meant mostly the, uh, if you want, uh, especially when Netflix then entered the market, changing if you want video forever. It started to be, okay, we need to monetize subscription, SVOD, what we call normally SVOD now. And also for sport, there were a lot of players starting to launch this OTT uh, for sport and media. Broadcaster would do it, other company would do it. And clearly the subscription part was super easy at the beginning. But as you develop, as the, you know, the market mature, the subscription part and all the direct-to-consumer marketing connected to that becomes crucial. I recently joined Kling as an advisor, uh, and they are a company focused on subscription management with a lot of emphasis of retention and also trying to understand how they can serve the monetization part of the streaming uh, platforms, especially as they focus on different verticals. So, for example, with my experience in sport, I was a lot interested in what they were doing that was specific to sport. And I think that that's crucial that not only sport is served in terms of discovering consumption in a proper way, that may be a bit different from entertainment because, you know, a lot of platforms following the Netflix uh, paradigm started doing things for entertainment. And we know that sport has different contexts, the structure is different, the taxonomy is different. I think what is important is that the, all the customer experience sometimes has to be designed for sport. I was talking to Kling product team recently, and they started focusing on, uh, you know, what we can do for sport that will enable our sport client to really deliver the maximum value to their consumers. And I think we're here today um, with Kling out of product to look at what they're doing specifically for sport. They're launching something that comes from the understanding that a sports season is different from you know an original series or a movie and they may need to do something that enable customer to follow their sport but also able to pay for what they watch when they watch and i think they call it seasonal subscription here with me is damian organ head of product at Kling. we spent some good hours in amsterdam discussing what he was cooking a few months ago and i'm happy to announce that they're launching it it's a breakthrough feature nobody has this feature like that and it's available today. So, uh, Damien, thank you for being with me today and to show everybody, and also Demo, which just just me chit-chatting, is Damien with all his experience in creating this subscription and retention management system 
explaining what they've created as a new feature for the market. Uh, so I'll let you quickly introduce yourself and also tell me where you are, because from the room, I cannot tell where you are, to be honest. <laughs> uh, thank you, Carol, first of all. Uh, great to be here. Um, so, yeah, I'm uh, based in Poznan in, in Poland, uh, where a lot of the Kling R&D team is uh, centered, let's say, maybe not all physically here now, uh, because so many of us are remote working. But this is where a lot of really of our uh, core development research actually happens. And I've been with Kling for about five years and uh, lead the product team at present. And um, yeah, the, the sports topic is very central uh, to us at Kling. I and mean, we've, been, we've been really fortunate, I think, to work with so many great, you know, sporting, I'm going to call them institutions, not even platforms like the, the NFL, the NHL, the Tennis Channel, uh, World Rally Championship, the, the Big Ten, a college sports conference in the US, the CHL, the, the combat sports world, uh, yeah, so, so many of them. Um, and it's given us a lot of insights into how these platforms work. And really, I think what you hit on is the unique dynamics of the customer relationship, how customers engage with content in the sports world. It is very different, I think, to the broader entertainment sector. And I think crucially how they perceive value, how they understand the value that they get doesn't translate so easily to uh, to other types of content, I think. So, um, yeah, something that we're, you know, always thinking about and, and something, yeah, we're, we're delighted to, to say we have some new cool stuff, I think, that's going to help. So, to be honest, I like that, uh, you know, working in the, these last few months with you and the team, with Gilles and everybody else, uh, the focus you put on innovating and following from, on one end, what the market tells you, understanding what, what everybody else is doing, what could be the need, but also very, being very close to your customers, B2B, working with them, with their team. We know that they have, you know, different personas involved because it's a sophisticated business. You have the marketing people, the product people, the technology people on the customer ends. And I remember I met Kling at the startup competition I organized in, I guess, 2014 in Sportel Monaco. And how the company has changed and followed the market and, and does very well. I think, tell me a bit more about Kling per se. So how many people you are, uh, I think the basin is in Amsterdam. Just give me a very brief one-on-one on Kling for the people that don't know Kling as a company. Sure, I, I'll do my best. Um, so we've been on the market since the 2011, so we're 12 years in, in the business at this point. Uh, we have over 100 people and we're based uh, all around the world, actually. So in, in Poznan, in uh, New York, in Manila. So we, we're spread uh, far and wide across the globe, which is super important because, of course, we have a global customer base. And I guess when you met us, Carlo, we were very much in the live video space. So that was really, um, you know, the, the one of the core origins of Kling. Um, and we were in, of course, live sport, which I think taught us an awful lot about how the sports business works. And I know you've had some fun yourself in live sports broadcasting. So I think you know some of the, the drama. <laughs> that yeah. uh, but I think, you know, it, it taught us a lot about how how these platforms work um, obviously that includes things like the scalability and performance demands that need to be met because uh, 
you know, at the maximum uh, peak demand for these platforms, everything has to work and it's crucial and that there's no uh, backup if it doesn't. And that, I think, helped us internally develop a culture that was very compatible with sports businesses, right? Because we knew really what was crucial. Um, but it's really helped us also over time. And you mentioned the, you know, the Netflix model, the evolution of the subscription business, uh, the emergence of, of churn and retention is a major topic because of the, the streaming wars and, and how intense it is. Uh, it's really helped us work very closely with our customers in understanding how they want to present the value of what they have, how they're going to monetize uh, what they have, and, and I think really what the challenges are, uh, what's difficult about monetizing sports content. Um, and that requires, I think, a very specific type of knowledge, a specific type of experience to really be able to uh, to focus in on that. And that, I think, mm -hmm. is something that, you know, we feel, we feel uh, confident in at this point because, as I said, some of the businesses we work with are, are fantastic and they've been great teachers for us. And, you know, together, I think we're always, as you said, trying to innovate. Mm. So one thing that uh, as I, I still consider myself someone in product somehow. So I like talking. Nobody talks about product in, in this kind of, you know, uh, moment where everybody's talking about AI and everything else. But... What is Kling platform? Is it pure SaaS? Uh, how, how does it work? And that, that would be good to know because, you know, very often you talk to people, they have a solution. But then I think part of the success is how you embed yourself and work with the client. It's not only, you know, pre-RFP. Uh, you do an RFP, the client decides who wins, and that's it. That's the beginning of a journey. It's not the end of the journey. And that's something I appreciated working with you as a team. Yeah, I mean, I think as a product guy, one thing you will know very well is that the more difficult something is to set up, the more difficult it is to run and maintain as well. So, it, you know, how it, how it starts tends to be how it tends to go on. And yeah, we, we've really embraced the, the SaaS model when it wasn't uh, something that was very conventional in, in this industry. It was a very different type of philosophy, um, a lot longer, let's say, launch times, a lot longer to get to market with new services, a more difficult, you know, change order process, right, for, for customization. And yeah, we, we really felt that a true SaaS model was the future. That was where the, the industry needed to go. That's where an OTT subscriber management platform needed to be. And that meant that we, we embraced other aspects of that as well. So having a multi-tenant solution, for example, as opposed to a single tenant solution, right? So for anyone who's a little bit more into our architecture, they'll, they'll appreciate the difference. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it really, it, it changes how we work with companies. It makes, I think it adds a, a level of flexibility, a level of, of speed. Um, I think one of the crucial things is it means innovation rolls out faster. And it's one of the things that we see is that um, when we innovate, we see, you know, multiple uh, clients, multiple broadcasters pick up on these innovations quickly. It allows you to, to experiment and to take more risks a bit faster. So that's, I think, part of you know, how we work. And one of the crucial things, of course, is that we are focused on subscriber retention management. You will often see the, the SRM tag associated with Kling uh, <laughs> yes. anywhere we go. Our, our, you know, uh, our marketing team emphasize that a lot. And yeah, it was just a very simple understanding, I think, that our leadership team had you know, five, six, seven years ago, that this is um, the topic that successful businesses were going to get right in this sector over the years that we're going to follow. And it was just simply the intense competition of the subscription industry and the basic cost economics of it, right? So how much it costs to win a new customer versus how much it costs to keep a customer. And I think all of these things have come together uh, you 
know, to inform our thinking about about something like the sports content monetization. Um, it, this shapes um, us as a company, us as people in this business, and um, the types of relationships we have with our customers. Okay, before going into the demo, I wanted to maybe, uh, you know, a bit, I don't want theory, but a bit of the logic behind. So you mostly, as we talk about sport, uh, some season are six months, some season, depending on the sport and the competition and the, and the league, some are, uh, you know, longer or less. But the problem is that a monthly subscription as a consumer of something where normally, even if, you know, the, the content teams, the content strategy are trying to, what we always call, uh, fill the valley or fill the gap. It's very, imagine for Olympics, you have two, two years, four years cycles. So the, the valley is super long, but even in season, right? And, and you, you can take the NFL, the Premier League, or, I mean, there is a moment where honestly, it's difficult to motivate people to pay monthly when, I don't want to say because it's full respect for, and, and the, you know, original series, original content is becoming uh, even more important than live in some areas, but, mm -hmm. but still to pay when the games are not on, it's still difficult. So yeah. Yeah. tell me the rational one, if you see the problem like that, if you have any statistics around how mm -hmm. influential this is, if it's monthly, it's seasonal, and then what is your solution for that? Yeah, I, I would start even, even more fundamental than that is that uh, one of the things we notice is that um, the teams running these sports platforms, streaming platforms, are a lot like the sports teams themselves. And people tend to think that this off-season is kind of like a, a chill-out time, uh, some nice cocktails and a nice beat somewhere <laughs> maybe in your part of the world. Uh, but it's far from the truth, as you know yourself, Carlo. Um, there's yeah. huge pressure at the start of each season. So that's one of the, the first things that you really feel when you work with sports platforms. And a big part of what they're thinking about is this the value proposition you just spoke about. That's a huge thing to think about. And it's, and it's complicated because even if they know OTT well, the seasonality really changes it. It, it changes yeah. how customers perceive value. It concentrates acquisition in this super tight time frame where you have to get everything right. Um, and that's what gives that gives people sleepless nights and they will tell you this <laughs> themselves. Um, and it really it leads to you know, really significant churn and reacquisition costs. So I think that's what I would say is one of the uh, the real drivers. So, you know, you just mentioned monthly subscriptions. And I, I think that's one of the three classic strategies for dealing with this. One is, you know, the season pass, the, the traditional season ticket, where it's just um, you buy a ticket for the season and that's it. And it's, it's a super nice value proposition. I'm buying for the season. It, I'm totally clear on what I'm getting, what I'm paying for. The problem is, of course, is that um, you lose every one of those customers at the end of the season, in a sense, right? And that even after a huge marketing effort to push the next season, you're maybe retaining 50% of, of that customer base. That's a lot. That means, you know, half of those guys gone um, every year. You got to win back another 50 percent just to get back to where you were at the start of the previous season. So what's the obvious uh, you know, response to that is the uh, recurring dimension, right? The annual subscription. That's why yes. the model yes. emerged. And this is exactly what you said. I mean, OK, there's the concentration of, uh, of all the acquisition at the start of the year, but it's, it's really this value proposition that it's, it's 12 months right so it's an annual subscription it recurs cyclically on that 12 months uh the season is maybe five months um even worse than that is that uh there are things beyond your control your the team does badly for the customers uh two yeah. months into the season no way people are going to pay for an annual subscription for the product right it's yeah. even harder yeah. um and so yeah that that creates a big challenge and then as you said 
the response to that is the third strategy, which is, you know, I'll have monthly event passes. And this is uh, effective, right? It means you spread out acquisition a little bit. There's a lower entry price, but it anchors people at this lower price point. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges. And what we see is that it's very hard to motivate people. Once they get used to paying five, six dollars for something, five, six euros, uh, to go and pay 60, 70 euros for it, right? And, you know, that's just part of the logic of how we, people make purchases. And, yeah, maybe 10%, 15%, mm-hmm. if you're really cracking down hard on that uh, upgrade uh, campaigns that you have in place, that's maybe the percentage of people that you move to this higher value offer. And that means, essentially, 85 to 90% of people never go to that higher price point. And from a revenue optimization perspective, that becomes a big challenge. So, I mean, really, the, the perfect solution, it needs to have three things. It, so you need to have automatic renewal. That's essential. Uh, it's got to somehow tackle this value perception problem by not being in this yearly cycle. right? So because yep. we, just, we know people don't like that in sports. But it's also got to provide a, a really low friction transition to the higher price point. It's got to be easy to somehow get people from a, a low entry point to a higher price point. And you've got to get those three things in place I think to really make seasonality something that can work in your favor in sport. Yeah. And what is the solution you think? Let's talk about the new feature that Kling is announcing today. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it, it's all the pieces that we've spoken about already. Um, we felt that a you know, seasonal subscription was um, the way to address all of these pain points, the way to really tackle these pain points. And it was you know, a totally unique product. It doesn't exist anywhere in the market, I think, as you said earlier. We, and really, you can only create something this original by working super closely with your clients, right? And the clients themselves starting to dream a bit about, okay, what if you know, we could do these things? What if uh, we could, it could be a season ticket, so it's a seasonal value proposition, but it renews automatically somehow. It's not going to renew randomly, maybe in the middle of you know, November, but it's going to review uh, renew right before the season starts when people are most willing to pay. And somehow, additionally, we can also get people uh, to sign up to this same offer across the entire season, as opposed to just at the start of the season. So we don't have to worry about... Adapting uh, the price. Adapting the price. In the exactly, area. exactly. So just having this dynamic pricing across the season is going to encourage people still to sign up but they're signing up to this seasonal cycle as opposed to these, you know, these lower priced offers, which people tend to churn from kind of quickly or ultimately never to upgrade from. Okay. Let's start the real demo now. Hands on the platform. Cool. Uh, Sounds good. Um, So yeah, we're in the Kling uh, broadcaster dashboard. So this is the the platform that, um, our clients are using essentially to, to orchestrate and run everything uh, related to their, their business, right? Their OTT service. And this is a, a very important part of our platform. This is the, the offer management center. And you can do everything here from building products to building upgrade, downgrade pathways, uh, coupon, discount campaigns, all of those types of things. Um, and I think what I would like to show is just the, I think the ease with which you can create these seasonal subscriptions, right? And, and how quickly you can change things as you need to, as your season is progressing, as you're seeing how things are trending, which is that speed, that ability to react quickly, I think is something that, at least for the teams we work with, is always very important. Um, I'll just 
quickly go through the offer creation process to give a, a sense of, I think, some of the key elements of it. So as I mentioned earlier, all of these classic types of monetization strategies, uh, Kling is familiar with all of them. We, we've worked with all of them. We've had clients who've used all of them. Mm-hmm. So of course, there's the subscription model. There's the, the passes, which are used for the traditional season ticket. There's live pay-per-view, which uh, everyone at Kling is very familiar with as well. And then there's transactional video, right? The, tra- the traditional, you know, short time access to a to a particular uh, video or to a particular product. Um, for seasonal subscriptions, so it is a subscription, which is part of the the name, of course. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to just jump back and I'm going to do the classic thing of, of showing you uh, one that I met earlier. Um, and this is the seasonal subscription. So as I said, it's a subscription. Uh, it's created largely the same as any other subscription within the Kling platform. But there's a couple of, of really distinct ideas that we've introduced. And one is that we've, we've created this idea of a season within the Kling platform. And the season can be connected to multiple plans. So you have a basic plan, you have a premium plan, and they can all run on the same seasonal cycle, right? Because typically they do. Uh, you can adjust start dates and end dates for the season. I think this is really a crucial change because traditional subscriptions, they're cyclical, right? So it's monthly, it's annual. And as we mentioned earlier, I think there's a lot of challenges that, that, that come with that. And what we said, and this was part of the, the dreaming we did with our clients, was what if instead of these cyclical uh, subscriptions, you can have a subscription, but it, it starts when the season starts and it ends when the season ends, right? And when you think as a broadcaster, it's an appropriate point to say this is the end of, of this content season. And it's as simple as that. It's just by having the, the start date and by having the end date, uh, you can define when exactly it is that people are going to have to pay for this subscription next time. So obviously we're very focused on sport, but you could imagine this in a, an entertainment platform where it's the, every time the new series starts of a, of a super popular show, that's when people will pay it, right? And it, you know, naturally that's the moment where people are most uh, interested or most willing to pay as well. But you can just simply create your uh, seasonal cycle. And from there, you can connect any product that you want to it, right? Um, but as I mentioned, I think one of the key things is, of course, um, how do you continue to get people interested in purchasing this product, your, your seasonal offer across the entire season? And this is where we felt that the, the dynamic pricing approach was, was perfect for tackling this. And there's lots of different ways that this can be used. So one of the ways that a lot of our clients would talk about is you know, creating these early incentives, right? So the, the, the classic early bird offer, as, as some people would know it, where you can have a, you know, a, you know, a $10 or $20 discount on the price to really drive that early season acquisition. But where it starts to get really interesting is throughout the season. So if you've got a six month season or an eight month season, four months into the season, it's pretty obvious that people are not going to be willing to pay the full whack for that entire season, right? And this is sometimes a complicated process. You've got to change the prices. You've got to be super conscious of how it's going to affect all the prices of your existing customers. And the actual operation of this is often a very complex thing. And we made it as simple as you can click a button that says add promotion. You can put a date range in place that says when is it you want this to start? When is it you want this to end? You say what the price is going to be called the, um, of the offer that you want to create. So we can say it's like, a, I don't know, end or final uh, offer for the end of the season. You can put in a very special price, right, which is going to be significantly lower. So at the end of the season, maybe the price is going to be 25% or 15% of the normal price. But what it's going to mean is that as customers are going to sign up, 
at these very special rates, right, which are going to be obviously much more attractive, they are then in turn going to renew at the start of the following season on your seasonal offer. And that's a super important distinction because one of the things we've seen, and it's undeniable in the, in the data we have, is that moving people from these monthly subscriptions or event passes to a seasonal level product, and that's really where the higher lifetime value is going to come from, uh, it's super difficult, it's time consuming, and if you do it really well, you might be at 15% success rate. Instead of doing that, you create a special price point, and then people are going to automatically remove that price. And that was the thing that you know our clients really felt was going to make the difference. Um, and yeah, from, from what we can see, that seems to be very much the case. And uh, one thing that I noticed is that the interface is so simple that in theory, if you want to get extremely sophisticated, and I'm doing an uh, extreme case mm -hmm. uh let's imagine a you know a sport uh, that has 70 uh, game days at the beginning of the season just mm -hmm. to mention some that we know well in theory you could be so specific that every game day there is a change in price if you want it, the pricing strategy may be right or wrong but potentially it will take a few minutes to do it you set it up you can still adapt it because it goes live when it goes live but it basically, it's not that you need to have a marketing operation team changing things, testing teams every week. You can pre-design everything and then just run it through the platform, correct? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's just so easy to change the price. And I think that in and of itself is something that is, uh, yeah, people, I, I guess people outside of it don't fully understand, uh, Carlo, you know, with, the, with your experience, I guess you have a better appreciation for how tricky these things can be. Um, being able to do this easily, um, and not having to engage development uh, in order to make these things happen. Yeah, it just saves a lot of time. And I think it allows you to try things. It allows you to experiment and it allows you to really see what works. And that is often the most frustrating thing is that when it's difficult to, to even experiment, when there's a higher barrier to, to trying out an idea that you and your team have come up with, that can be frustrating. And that was the thing that we really wanted to change, to make it easy to experiment, easy to try things. And as you said, the pricing strategies, you're not always going to get it right. But the key is that you have the freedom to try. And I think it would, combined with other aspects of our platform, particularly the, you know, the integration uh, eased, we would, we, as we would say for sure, that we bring, um, it allows you, I think, to change things more quickly, to respond more quickly. And when you see things that work, uh, to take advantage of them fully. No, no, it's, it's, it's impressive. I think if you want the concept of a season subscription is not new, but the implementation of the tool that makes it uh, easy to plan, easy to design in terms of offering and easy to then run it. Because I think, the, the, as you said, what you can appreciate if you have used these things is that you don't have to test every time you change something because you, you have built a platform and you plan it at the beginning of the season and you can even change it during because you discover you need to go go more precise you can i think that's really uh, the difference here so this is something designed for sport seasonality it's not using great tools that maybe other can have to aggregate the solution because you decided to do something for seasonal subscription i think that's the power of it this is designed for it and if you run a sport vertical or sport property uh, ott this is exactly what you need, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it is very important that it's not going to be a square peg in a round hole. It's something very specifically designed for this case. And I think that's uh, one of the strengths of our platform is that we are 
focused on exactly these types of services where you know not a subscription management platform for shaving kits or lunch boxes or anything like that uh, we're for you know media entertainment for ott um that's what we focus on and the teams the type of people who work on those teams that's what our, our product is built to make their life easier yeah and, and even if i if you want to enlarge my scope of interest in the last 10 years to more than just sport when i see i understand sport uh, and the pain and the beauty of sport but I, i really appreciate what something is done understanding the specificity of sport and this is the case nice to hear so thank you damien this was really cool i really appreciate what you have put together i hope uh, you know the market does uh, also as well and understand how this is really a unique feature for sport properties or media properties that manage sports verticals inside their bundle or as a unique proposition Yeah, and I think if anybody uh, wants to take a look themselves, they can just go to kling.com. Uh, our, our platform is completely open, so you can create an account and you can see this and, and lots of our other tools that directly yourself if uh, you're working with the customers, with the product within your service. And if you're more of a, a technical guy, um, just go to our developer center. We have a fully open API platform. Uh, you can find all our documentation. You can test things out. And we have a sandbox environment, so you can even create your sandbox account. And um, you know, we've had some uh, companies that have joined us in the past and they never spoke to us. They just went to our developer center, set up and tested everything, and were, were convinced that Kling were the guys to work with. So I, I invite everyone to do that. So you will be at the IBC, not only because your headquarters is in Amsterdam, but I think there is a lot planned for IBC. Uh, this feature will be available, but obviously talking to the product team, the sales team, everybody will be there. And just to be extremely clear, this is an announcement and the feature is live today, available, both in terms of you know, testing on the platform and checking the documentation. And if you're a client, it's available for you. So if you want to launch a new season with this, you can do it from today. Yes, absolutely. Just go to thekling.com and you'll, you'll find it all there waiting for you. Okay. Thank you, Damien. That was great.